Hello. Hello. I'm Natalie. And I'm Paul. Welcome to God Hates Fangs True Blood Podcast. This week we'll be discussing Season 3, Episode 3, It Hurts Me Too. Okay, right, first off, we'd like to thank all the people that have become our subscribers. Thank you. In, in your many thousands. Yeah, thank you, listeners. Um, and as you know, we're now on iTunes, um, we've, we found out today that we're at number 51. Wow! In the TV and film list of iTunes. Wow! But, but, at number 52, the official Lost Podcast. Wow! So we are one higher... <laughs> Than the official Lost Podcast. That's awesome. I, I do think that Lost Podcast is probably a few weeks old. But oh, hey, yeah, yeah. But, but hey, it doesn't matter. It doesn't matter. It's the, it's We're the, up there. Yeah. <laughs> it's the pride that matters. So, should we, should we have a little episode recap? Yeah, let's go for it. Okay, so it starts off, Suki shoots the werewolf. In bullet time. Bullet time. <laughs> Slow-mo bullet. That was cool. That was a cool effect. Um, he's been sent by Russell to kidnap her. But Eric sees an opportunity to extract some information and he throws himself in the line of fire. I didn't initially know why he was throwing himself. No. <laughs> what are you doing? <laughs> and they fight and the wolf manages to drink some of Eric's blood, which increases his strength. Eric bites him in anger. But not, but not before Suki managed to overhear the location. Jackson. Uh, they bury the dead werewolf in a fresh grave in the cemetery. Some some good body burying advice there from Eric. Could come in useful. And uh, then Suki tells Eric that she's going to Jackson to find Bill, despite the obvious danger. Suki. Suki. I should I should say that in in the book this this sequence pretty much happens in the book. But uh, <laughs> and if, if you don't know anything about the books, this may come as a surprise. But instead of Eric being there and killing the werewolf to protect Suki, it's uh, it's Elvis. Nice. <laughs> Were you aware of this, Paul, that no. Elvis is a character in the, the True Blood books? <laughs> what, was in? Oh. Yeah, as in really? the, yeah. Yeah the, story, yeah, the story in the books is that when uh, when Elvis was in the, the mortuary, um, the mortician was a vampire, and realised that Elvis wasn't in fact dead, he was still, he still had a spark of life, so he turned him. Wow. So in the true, in the, the Suki Stackhouse universe, Elvis is a vampire. And he's a main major character in the books. I think I need to read some <laughs> books. But the, some... Prob- the problem is that and Elvis is called Bubba in the books because for copyright reasons they're not allowed to use his name. And also he's, it didn't go well, they're turning him into a vampire. So he's kind of a, how can I put this, he's, he's a retarded vampire. <laughs> <laughs> so, so according to the world, Elvis is dead. But, yeah. but secretly he's just a... A, a vampire, vampire. Yes. retard. So any sightings of Elvis, they put down to his Bubba the vampire that they've actually <laughs> seen. <laughs> so uh, yeah, so anybody that that is a fan of the books might be disappointed that the Elvis Presley estate would not allow Bubba to feature in the show. <laughs> oh, that's, that's that's understandable, isn't it? Really? <laughs> I think it, I don't think it would work in the show. It works in the books, but I think seeing a guy dressed up as Elvis with fangs <laughs> wouldn't be cool in the show. It's only calling Bubba Hotep. Yeah, yeah. But Which I think maybe it's a reference to I Bob think, Oates here. I think it could be. <laughs> yeah. Okay, so over at the mansion uh, in Mississippi, Russell uses a valuable antique rug to put out the flames engulfing Lorena. Much to Talbot's annoyance. But I, I, I think that a lot of the True Blood fans, I think they thought that that was possibly a dream sequence when Bill threw yeah. the, <laughs> the 
the... I think it was a, a hurricane lamp, I think. Hurricane lamp. Yeah. Yeah, no, why would people think that was a... Why would people not think that Bill would throw fire at Lorena? <laughs> why is that far-fetched that he would set her on fire? But, but we're, we're just glad that he did, but it appears <laughs> that she's going to be okay. Yeah, with, yeah it, was, it was obvious that she was going to stick around, wasn't she's it? She's going to throw her skin back and she'll look as, as nice as normal. Yes. So Russell speaks with Bill alone and tells him that it was Lorena, sorry, Lorena who suggested Bill as an ally against Sophie Ann. Russell reveals that Lorena wanted him to force Bill to watch while Lorena murdered Suki. Ooh, that's a bit mean, isn't it? That's a bit hardcore. <laughs> the King suggests that Bill turns Suki into a vampire. Never! But Bill says it's impossible. Russell goes on to imply that Suki's life will be in danger if Bill does not cooperate. So Bill doesn't really have a, a choice. It's kind of three bad routes to go, isn't it? Yeah. <laughs> it's a lose-lose situation for Bill. Okay, so uh, following the beating they administered to the two rednecks, Sarah and Franklin, well, pff, what can I say? They have... They have passionate vampire sex. Passionate set of eyeballs. <laughs> or a, a, a lack of eye that's just up in her head, yeah, wasn't yeah. they? Yeah, yeah. She was having a good time. Forgot all about eggs then, didn't she? I think she, I think she said something along the line of bite me with a few other words Ooh. thrown in possibly and he said no he said no because because she wanted him to bite her which is kind of implying that he would enjoy her resistance yeah so uh, he's obviously a bit of a bad vampire I think she was a bit shocked by her, prom- her promiscuous behaviour so soon after the love of her life for two <laughs> weeks uh, eggs uh, after he died and, um, she, and leaves hurriedly without giving her name I'm sure they'll be hooking up again, Her and Franklin. <laughs> I think so, yes. Uh, uh, meanwhile, back at Sam's redneck family's house, uh, he's furious with his brother Tommy for nearly killing him and leaves his parents' house to return to Bon Top, despite his mother crying and hugging him and begging him to stay. And, <laughs> <laughs> and wasn't that, a, wasn't that a, a great moment of, of seeing that his dad in the pants. The pants. Uh, we love the pants. Pants are awesome. <laughs> Those pants are mind blowing. They're at the top of my Christmas list. I want them pants. I like a. I like the way the mum told the dad not to have a drink and then said, "We're not alcoholics." <laughs> <laughs> no, sure you're not. Sure you're not. So Jason Stackhouse, he, he he decides that it's his calling in life. He decides that he's going to be, become a cop. Wow, <laughs> that is just what the town needs. But he's, he's clueless when it comes to the practice test that Hoyt gives him. It's nice to see people in Bontop using the internet because I, <laughs> <laughs> yeah. I think of it as some backwards place where they don't have the internet. But... <laughs> I think it's a worldwide thing, isn't yeah, it? Yeah, yeah. <laughs> um, he claims that he knows the difference between right and wrong and he has had weapons training with the Fellowship of the Sun. Ninja-level marksmanship. <laughs> Ninja-level marksmanship. So he's got all the training that he needs. Yeah, the answers to the questions are irrelevant as far as Jason's concerned. But poor Hoyt is distracted by his confusion over Jessica's rejection of him. And Jason offers him some man-to-man advice. Well, it's the best advice really, isn't it? Basically, just got to find a hotter girlfriend. Find a hotter girlfriend. How can you find a hotter girlfriend that's, than yeah, Jessica? That's quite tough. <laughs> Jessica, she's, she's up there on the on the babe meter. She is, yeah. And she's, it's not like she's going to get ugly all of a sudden, no, is it? No, she's always going to have a, you know... Nice complexion. and Yeah, she's not going to lose her youthful looks. So anyway, Jessica 
uh, back of Bills, she phones Pam, who at the time is um, engaged in... In Yvette's uh, pussy yeah. on, on Eric's desk. I wonder if Eric's <laughs> aware of this. <laughs> yeah, she, um, explains, she explains that Hank's body's disappeared. But um, Pam doesn't really give a shit because she's uh, engaged in some lesbianism. Yeah, which, you know, I, I believe she says, um, lie back, sweetheart, and think of Estonia, <laughs> which is uh, what I'll be doing later. <laughs> Sam tells Suki about his dysfunctional family, and Suki informs him of Egg's murder, uh, <laughs> and Sam says it's a, it's a good job that people in Bonton don't have any other bar options. <laughs> <laughs> And, uh, and Suki tells him that she's going to be travelling to Jackson to search for Bill. We're going to Jackson. <laughs> <laughs> Sam promises to look after Jessica, and Suki jokingly suggests that he give her a job as a waitress. Do you think that's going to happen? Do you think Jessica in the, the little Malotte's hot pants? I can see it. You, I can see it, yeah. I can see it. I, I think that would go down well with the, with with the, the customers. Locals, yeah. Uh, yeah, she'll be getting some, She can glamour people for tips, can't she, yeah. if need be? She, she, yeah, sounds good, sounds good. Um, Sam appears awkward though, doesn't he, when he when he sees Suki's lump of icy rock on her engagement finger, <laughs> on her that, wedding finger. See, I think in previous seasons he'd have been jealous because he wants Suki, but now he's jealous because he wants Bill. Yeah, do you think he's, <laughs> do you think he's still secretly having the, the Bill dreams? Oh yeah, that was a hardcore amount of blood that he drank. <laughs> <laughs> so, over to Arlene, who's um, having an ultrasound. Uh, there was some discussion about this ultrasound. People saying that if you're that, if you're that far along, do you have the the in vagina internal was ultrasound? That, was that her choice, or she just got a bit of a pervy doctor that thought <laughs> maybe I'll just do it this way I anyway? Think, I think probably because she thought she was less pregnant than she turns out to be. Maybe they thought it was necessary. But in later ultrasounds, you normally have it on the outside. You don't have the the in veg. The in veg tested. <laughs> So, yeah, so she discovers that she's almost two months pregnant, meaning <gasps> that... Serial killer baby! Renee's child, not Terry's. Ah, <gasps> oh, poor Terry. Wasn't the, the obstetrician, wasn't he a nice guy, the gynaecologist? <laughs> There's the critter! <laughs> <laughs> but but we, we know Arlene. I'm sure she's going to go back and tell Terry straight away that... Tell him the truth. Tell him the truth. I'm sure she will. But no. But no. She tells Terry that she's pregnant, but fails to tell him that he's not the father when she sees how overwhelmed with happiness he is at the prospect of fatherhood. And he did look... He did look overjoyed, didn't he? Poor Terry. I think he said something along the lines of, I'm, I'm glad my, my life's worthwhile now. Yeah. It's like, hmm. How can you kill that mood? You can't. You can't. Obviously, it's going to come out later, though. You can't. Uh... Also at Malotte's, uh, Mike Spencer, who you remember at the end of last season, got hit by a sookie with a frying pan yes. <laughs> when he tried it on with her, when he had, when he had the, the Marianne-induced black eyeballs. He, I think he still had a big bruise on his forehead, didn't he? He did, yes. That was a, a shiner. <laughs> uh, he calls Tara at Malotte's to inform her that Eggs' funeral is about to take place. And it, tur- it turns out that, that Suki, bless her little heart, has paid for the entire thing. And her and Tara are the only mourners. Do you think, um, obviously, Suki... Who cares? Poor eggs. <laughs> um, do you think Suki's paid for that out of Eric's $10,000? I think so. She's, yeah. she's quite flush now, she's isn't she? She's now, yeah. So they, they put their differences aside. Aww. And Suki asks Tara to move back into her house. Best friends forever. Best friends forever. Um, we see a tombstone in Bontemps Cemetery marked... Thomas Charles Compton, eighteen sixty-two to eighteen sixty-eight. 
and then and then there's this amazing transition. Did did you like that? Did you like that directing? I did. Yes. I should I should I should make a note here that um, the director of this episode is called Michael Lehman, and he's directed some other episodes of True Blood. Um, but he directed a movie called Heather's. Ah. One of my favourite films. So um, so that's good to have him on the True Blood crew. And I think. I think this episode, and I think the one with the flashback to um, the 1920s with Bill and Lorena murdering the couple in the wife-swapping murder spree that they did. That was directed That's by him, him as well. well. Yeah, oh. same director. Uh, anyway, from the, from the tombstone Mark Thomas Charles Compton, uh, we have a transition uh, back to 1868. Transition? I, I like the word flashback. A flashback. <laughs> it makes me feel happy <laughs> a and flashback. lost. So, uh, yeah, while Bill's asleep in Russell's mansion throughout the day, he revisits his traumatic memories in his dreams. And we see Bill cross the cemetery to his house. Then the door opens, and it's his wife Caroline with shotgun in hand. <gasps> and she's astonished to find her husband there. I mean, she's she's been thinking that he's been dead for the last three years. The uh, the actress that, that played her is not the same. We've we've seen Bill's wife briefly before in like just from a distance and in a photograph in season one, and it's not the same actress. It's a different actress. This actress, her name's Shannon Lucio, and she was in um, she was in the OC and she was in Prison Break. Oh. She was in Prison Break after we stopped watching it. Oh, when it got <laughs> shit. When it got shit. Yes. So, anyway, Bill's returned home just to make sure that his children are okay as there's been some smallpox outbreak. I think this period, I don't know much about American history, but I think this period after the Civil War, things kind of went really shit oh. in this kind of region, which is why she's opening the door with a shotgun because she's got no man to protect her and there's lots of bad stuff going on. Uh, she breaks the news to Bill that their six-year-old son, Thomas, died a few days previously and she has sent their daughter, Sarah, away so she doesn't become infected. Caroline says that she was going to bury her son's body herself, as the undertakers won't touch the infected bodies. Caroline is shocked at how cold Bill is to the touch, and when he breaks down in tears of blood and explains that his human life was taken from him, she fears that he is the devil and shoots him. She is horrified when he shows his fangs, <clears throat> and when she sees the gunshot wound heal instantaneously. She tries to escape, but is caught by Lorena. Bill tells Lorena that he would die before seeing his wife harmed by her. He tries to glamour Clar Caroline, but is in such a state that he's unable to do so. So Lorena glamours her instead and chastises Bill for returning, telling him, there's our world and theirs, between lies only suffering. Caroline <laughs> begs Bill to kill her, but instead he makes her forget that they were ever there. Bill and Lorena bury Thomas and she reminds him that love for a human can bring only suffering. In the present, Bill awakes to find he's been crying in his sleep. Oh, Aww. poor Bill. That's quite, that's is, quite a sad flashback, that really, isn't really, it? That was a really, really bleak flashback. So, uh, Jason, he's also having disturbing dreams. Uh, he, he falls asleep in his truck at work, and he, he dreams that he's sitting the police entry exam, <laughs> but he's unable to read. I think everything appears as uh, hieroglyphics on his... Oh, yeah, it does, yeah. <laughs> yeah. yeah, I like the hieroglyphics. <clears throat> um, he sees bullet holes in everyone's head. And in a classic dream that people have, uh, he has got no trousers on. <laughs> <laughs> I think I've had that dream before. I've uh, had that dream before. Fortunately, he's, he's awakened by Lafayette. And uh, he late, later on, he burns his application form, thinking that he's not cut out for the police force. But do you think he will become a cop? I, I hope he does. I think he'd look good in the uniform. I, I hope he does. 
Um, Hoyt discovers Hank's decapitated and handless body beside the road. <gasps> Who could have done this? <laughs> Who could have done this? And he figures out that the wounds are consistent with a vampire attack. And Sheriff Bud Dearborn, sick of all the insane murders <laughs> in the town, quits his job. Oh no! Oh no! I love Sheriff Bud Dearborn. I hope he, I hope he reconsiders this and comes back because I, I want more of him. I, I think his character's underused. I, I think he will. I think he will be back. Uh, do you think um, do you think the police force are going to link Hank's body to Jessica or to Bill perhaps do you think they're going to think well there's been a guy who's obviously been killed by vampires and we've got two vampires living in this town that we know of Jessica dragged the guy's body through the house so there's going to be some sort of DNA evidence in the house do you think they're going to I don't know and also Bill's gone Bill went missing the same day do you think they'll maybe think hmm that's a bit weird that a vampire goes missing the same day that we find this guy who's dead and has no blood It, it seems suspicious doesn't it it does, yeah. Even though we know the truth, it does seem suspicious in that in that respect. But then if it's going to be Jason and Andy investigating it, maybe they won't make those sort of connections. <laughs> so now we've got a um, new character, Alcide. 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 Oh, what a handsome man. <laughs> yeah, he's okay. <laughs> so Alcide comes to see Suki and he informs her that Eric sent him and that he's a werewolf who will protect her on her trip to Mississippi. He is amazed by her mind-reading ability. Nice nice to see a bit of the mind-reading ability. I think we missed yeah, it in the first couple of episodes. I don't think he was too happy that she could do the mind-reading, but... If he's going to be thinking of her tits all the time, it could be inconvenient. That's, yes. Uh, he tells her that the Barker Werewolf gang are dangerous and explains that his father owes Eric money, which is why he's working for him. He is from a different pack, but his ex-girlfriend Debbie is with Coot, the leader of the... Fuck you, crew! <laughs> Alcide is... Um, He's an awesome character in the books. He's really cool. I'm so glad to see him. And the casting, the casting of this guy is perfect. He's exactly how he looks in has, the books. Has he come into the the program in the same way that he comes into oh, the yeah, books? Oh yeah, yeah, exactly. All, that's exactly all the same. Exactly the same. Oh. Yeah. Even the scene with him sitting at uh, with Suki at her kitchen table. That is how they had their first conversation. Oh. It's very much the same as the books. Sam's crazy family <laughs> pay him an unexpected visit at his bar. <laughs> And he reluctantly buys them lunch. God, they're going to be hanging around like flies around shit. Bees around honey. Um, it turns out that they have drink problems. <laughs> Didn't see that coming. Wow. <laughs> and they run up a hefty bar tab. Um, Sam's a bit angry because it appears that Tommy's underage and drinking. Yeah, he looks about 12. Um, he squares up to his father um, and then sends him home. But... Uh, before we carry on, the, the father, that is some tray of drinks that he gets. That was There's, an epic tray of drinks. It's like multi-coloured <laughs> shots of yeah. God knows what. Where can we buy those? I, I want some of those. I like the way the dad said that he, he dreams of open, opening his own chicken shack called Mickey's <laughs> Chicken and Chitlins. <laughs> see, Chitlins, yes, yeah, I heard that wrong. I thought it, I thought he said he was going to call it Mickey's Chicken and Chitlings. But, but, but so what is, what is Chitlins? Chitlins, I googled, and... Uh, I'm a vegetarian, I have no idea of this sort of thing. It's I'm not, but carry on. <laughs> but it's uh, like fried up pig's intestines. Oh, yummy! <laughs> <laughs> I think I'm going to become a vegetarian. <laughs> that, that doesn't sound too nice. No, no. So, um, back to the back to Mississippi, are we? Yep, back to Mississippi. Yep. So, Coot complains to Russell. Um, Talbot and Lorena. Lore- Lorena, sorry, I can say Lorena. Lorena. <laughs> That the werewolf he sent to retrieve Suki has vanished. 
Russell is angry, and Lorena correctly guesses that Eric Northman is to blame for the werewolf's disappearance. <laughs> She's not silly. Uh, Bill renounces Sophie Ann and Louisiana and pledges his allegiance to Russell and Mississippi. And he wears another one of his Bond suits that That's he's acquired. It. He's got some good suits. <laughs> do, do we think that, that Bill's bullshitting? Do we think oh, that... Oh, blatantly. Really? <laughs> yeah, he's obviously bullshitting. He's, he's well, as I say, BSing. Yeah, yeah. Uh, Russell's delighted that... <laughs> <laughs> yeah. that he's got Bill on side and, and tells Coop not to look for Suki anymore. Raina is angered, but Russell values Bill's allegiance above hers. And I think she's a bit pissed about that. She's a bit pissed. And she's pissed that Suki, that she can't get a chance to kill Suki in front of Bill. <laughs> Will that stop her, though? Well, <laughs> wait and see. Uh, why, why is Bill so important to, uh, to Russell? Because Bill's quite a young vampire. I just wondered if Bill's got any special hidden powers that we... I'm still wondering why Bill's got a, a file on Suki. To be honest, <laughs> I'm saying nothing. That's, that's still that's still messing in my head. I'm still wondering why. As we said, he is 007. Yeah. Uh, Jason talks to Tara back at Malotte's, uh, but when she brings up the subject of Egg's death, God, stop going on about eggs. Uh, he's over. He's overwhelmed by guilt yet again and departs when he sees an imaginary bullet hole in her head. And he looks quite overwhelmed by guilt. He looked he very did. guilty. He looked very guilty. He did look very guilty. Um, Eric visits Lafayette and presents him with a sports car. With, with a nice sports car, but actually not as nice as Lafayette's actual car that he's already got. Because Lafayette's got like this white classic Mercedes that's, that's really cool. Whereas I think the, the red car is not as... If I had the but, choice, I'd go for the white but Mercedes. I, it's a gift. But yeah, no, don't look a gift horse in the mouth. What a, what a lovely <laughs> gift. Um, he presents him with a sports car as a gift for his services as a drug dealer. <laughs> well done, Lafayette. Good Excellent. <laughs> he's, he's a, I think he's a little suspicious of, of Eric. Yeah. Um, but uh, he doesn't rule out continuing their business relationship. Yeah, and then Eric flies. Eric flies Eric off. does fly. Yeah. That's what we need, more flying. Oh, yeah. <laughs> Franklin visits Jessica at Bill's house and reveals that vampires can enter another vampire's home without an invitation. Uh, which is a bit of a shock for Jessica don't, because don't I have to invite you in? Bill hasn't explained any rules at all, <laughs> <laughs> and that the last vampire to live in Bill's house died a year ago. Oh. which seems. But I thought this is weird because Bill. We saw Bill's only son died uh, as a six-year-old. So how is it that I think the old man that lived there before Bill was called Jesse Compton, and he was supposed to be Bill's ancestor? But I thought, well, hang on, he can't actually be, be Bill's direct ancestor if Bill's only son died. Because then, the, do you see what I mean? Oh, okay, yeah. His daughter wouldn't have the name Compton if she married. Oh, that's, yeah. Unless it was, know, unless she married her cousin or something. Is there any other children we don't know about yet? Mate, oh, I don't know. Ah, <laughs> ah. Um. Uh, anyway, uh, yeah. Uh, Franklin reveals that he was responsible for hiding Hank's body. Big surprise there. And it reveals that he has heads Hank, um, Hank's head in a bag. <laughs> Hank's head in a bag. That was, a, that was an amazing prosthetic head. That was awesome. And, he, and I like the way he started mouthing with it. Making a... you got pretty lips, sweetheart. <laughs> <laughs> and then he just chucks it on the floor. That was great. Oh, yeah. Yeah, more DNA evidence there. Oh, do you like Franklin's character? Do you think he's yeah, a... Yeah, very he's much. A, he's a cool character, isn't yeah, he? Yeah, he's a cool... He's, he's a, I, I don't know a lot about him, but I'm assuming that he's a good character. I'm, um, I'm, I'm, well, it's difficult to say because, like I said in the previous podcast, he's he's so different from the character in the books, and I think they've possibly amalgamated him with a a character that Tara, 
because first Franklin, uh, Franklin and Tara have a relationship, and then she has a relationship with another vampire afterwards called Mickey, and I think he's more like Franklin in the show. So I'm thinking they've... It's this book stuff that they've, they've cut out. Yeah, I think they've merged the two characters. So in return for his favour of um, disposing of Hank's body, he wants Jessica to tell him everything that she knows about Bill. Armed with this information, he visits Sookie's house where he finds Tara. He glamours her into inviting him into the house. Obviously to extract some more information and have some more eyeball rolling some sex. Some more eyeball rolling sex. <laughs> um, Sam is awoken by his burglar alarm to find that Tommy has been searching his office. Why? Tommy turns into a bird and flies away before Sam can catch him. What sort of bird was that? Was that like a... Was that a hawk or something, wasn't it? No, no, I thought it was like a pelican or something, wasn't a it? A pelican, was it? I saw it. <laughs> or really? like a... Is that what you saw? <laughs> I thought it was like a peregrine falcon or something. Maybe I was assuming that it was. I thought it was like, yeah, what's the, what's the, what's the birds that... What's the birds that deliver the babies in Dumbo? <laughs> a crane? Yeah, I thought it was stalk, like a stalk. stalk. Yeah, I thought it was like a stalk. I didn't even notice. I just assumed yeah. it, that if you were going to turn into a bird, it would be an awesome bird, like yeah. a hawk or yeah. an eagle. Of course, yeah. Or a, a duck. <laughs> or a stalk. It was Tommy. Obviously, if he's turned into a bird, he's not been able to steal anything. So is he just looking? He could. He could be holding something in his beak. Maybe it was a pelican and he put things in his beak. Yeah. That's it. <laughs> <laughs> anyway So uh, Elsie takes Sookie to Lupines Nice little uh, werewolf pun there Lupine Lupine The oldest werewolf bar in Mississippi It's overrun by the new dangerous pack The fuck you crew uh, The bar owner remarks that Sookie looks like dinner Which she does Sookie, come on, that's a bad outfit That's a great outfit I'd eat her for my dinner Do you know, in the, in the, in the, this, this scene sort of takes place this is it's similar in the books, but Suki's wearing like some. The description, you, as a man, you might not appreciate this, but the descriptions of Suki's clothes in the books are awful. You think, my God, what are you thinking, woman? So really bad clothes. Really in the books. bad clothes she has in the books. In, in what kind of way bad? Well, just, just bad eighties clothes that oh. a twenty-six-year-old girl would not be wearing. But she's just <laughs> wearing like some bad eighties dress with like detachable sleeves and like. Oh, it sounds really shit. It sounds horrible. So Suki uh, rashly saunters over to the werewolf gang and flirts outrageously with them, uh, mentioning her connection to vampires in the hope of overhearing their thoughts and finding clues to Bill's location. She's in luck because uh, Patrick Swayze's ugly brother's there, uh, Gus, and he wants to have sex with her, and as he touches her, she sees his memory yeah. of attacking Bill and drinking his blood. Uh, just, about, uh, just as Gus is about to rape her in a back room, Alcide attacks him. And they have an awesome fight. Yeah, that was a great fight a, scene. That was a great fight. There's, there's some good fights in this program, isn't that there? That was a really cool fight. Um, Alcide attacks him, um, throws Gus out of the bar. The, bou- the big bouncer guy throws Gus out. Well, he had a, oh, he sorry. He the baseball bat. Yeah, he me. does, yes. Um, yeah, throws him out and then he reveals to Alcide that his ex-girlfriend Debbie and Coot, the Fuck You Crew's leader, are having their engagement party in the bar the next night. <laughs> I bet he's not got an invitation for that. <laughs> Debbie, she's going to be a major player. She's, Is she? She's evil. Is she? <laughs> yeah, we and see. What, the most evil so far? I don't know if you... Well, I don't know. Mary Ann's pretty evil, but no, Debbie is... She's a bitch. <laughs> I can't wait to see her. So, anyway, Bill, he returns to his room and Lorena confronts him there, telling him that she could see through his lies to Russell. Of course. And she knows that he's only feigning loyalty in order to protect Sucker. <laughs> she criticises his inability to let go of his human life. 
but is furious with Lorena for taking everything away from him and tells her that he will never love her. They kiss. He throws her onto the bed and bites her neck. <gasps> Into vampire biting. We've not seen that before. She tells him to make love to her and he says, Never! Then rips her clothes off and has rough sex with her. This culminates in Bill breaking her neck and twisting her head 180 <laughs> degrees. <laughs> she smiles instead and says she still loves him and he screams in fury. <laughs> What, what a scene to end <laughs> That was awesome, wasn't that was, it? Did you see that coming? I never saw that coming. I definitely didn't is see that, that most, coming. Is that the single most fucked up thing that's happened in the show so far? Oh, yeah. That, was more, fu- so. that was more fucked up than, the, than when they rolled around in the girl's blood on the bed. Next yeah, to that was, yeah, that was yeah, that was quite gruesome, wasn't it? That was it? gruesome, but, but this, this this was just taking it to another level. <laughs> this was like that movie Death Becomes Her. This was, <laughs> <laughs> yeah, that's yeah. It, I suppose it beats sort of hanging yourself to a door handle and putting something <laughs> around your your head, Michael Hutchins yeah. style. But yeah, so um, yeah, so yeah. So yeah, there was some there was a lot of, a lot of debate among fans. This has obviously got a lot of publicity. This scene. Um, and there's been debate among fans, and sort of the majority of fans uh, were happy with this scene. They liked it, but there, there were some people that said they were not going to watch the show again. Really? Yeah. <laughs> that, that makes me want to watch the show every single time. Yeah, <laughs> that is crazy. Yeah, there were people that thought it was gratuitous, and that it was. Um... That's not gratuitous. <laughs> it was in it was in keeping with the characters, wasn't it? That it was, was it was development of the of the plot yeah no I thought we made that sense development of the spine or the I wasn't expecting that that was a whole other sex um, position that Bill just invented <laughs> so uh, at some point is Bill gonna own up to suck it that you know what's been going on he's, he's gonna keep that to himself that he's had rampant vampire neck breaking oh yeah oh my sex. god you know it was such a crazy scene I, I totally forgot that he'd cheat yeah he's cheated on Suki then hasn't yeah. he Bastard. Wow! <gasps> yeah, in the books he cheats on her as well. So. Oh, does he? Yeah, in the books he does sleep with Lorena when he's kidnapped. But obviously, because the books are all so, uh, told from Suki's point of view, anything like anything that's happening to Bill while he's kidnapped, we we just don't know. So all we know is we well we've got, oh right so the, the books yeah, are, uh, the book most of the book is is Suki and Al sitting. Well, obviously, Bill goes missing at the beginning, and then Eric and Pam come and tell Suki Bill's gone missing. The Queen of Louisiana oh. wants Bill back. Um, and then Suki and Alcide go to the bar and they go to different places looking for Bill. So that's so most of the book is Suki and Alcide searching for Bill around Mississippi. So anything else is it just doesn't happen. You don't know what's happened to Bill in the books. You just find out afterwards that Bill slept with Lorena. Um, but you don't find out about. But you any don't. Of the... But yeah, no, you don't see any of this happening. So there's none of the gory details of the, the twisting and. The... No, no, no. Of course, no. This is purely from That's the purely, twisted purely, minds of the writers. Purely for TV. <laughs> yeah. And didn't we love it? We loved it. We did. Um, something that I noticed in this episode, um, again comparing it to the books, is that the characters of Bill and Eric, uh, the progression of the characters is very different in the show to in the books because is it a faster progression no it's in the books they're they're both more ambiguous they're both more morally ambiguous the mm. two characters so it's not okay in the show initially in the show it was presented as oh Bill's the good guy and Eric's the bad guy but in the books they're both equally good bad that's good pretty much yeah but in the show it seems like 
it seemed at first that Bill was the good guy and Eric was yeah. the bad guy. But now we're seeing, particularly in the early stages of this season, uh, another side to Eric. Yeah. And also we saw that last season with his relationship with Godric. And, um, oh, talking about that, with the last episode, with when they were the Nazis, Eric and Godric, was that, was that a bit of a... Oh yeah, was that there a was, bit of a cock up. There? That was a blunder. That was a blunder by the writers because Eric actually told Lorena in season two that he hadn't seen Godric for more than seventy years, ah. and obviously nineteen forty four is less than seventy years ago. So yeah, that is an inconsistency in the writing. Slap wrist for the writers. Damn you writers! <laughs> but hey, they can't get it all right. They can't get it all right. But yeah, no, the dynamic in the books is different because we're seeing Bill engaging in more and more evil behaviour, and yeah. Eric seeming. Like a nice chap giving cars to people and helping Suki dispose of bodies. Which is top. <laughs> top man. <laughs> top man, Eric. Top man, Eric. <laughs> what a nice chap. Um, so, uh, what are we going to talk about now? Some music. What music uh, did we have in this episode? Music. Um. Uh, in Fantasia, we had some industrial rock from a band called Acumen Nation. Uh, a song called Coming Down, I do believe. Uh, yeah, they play a lot of in, uh, metal and industrial rock in Fantasia, I noticed. Um, there was a, a Howling Wolf uh, classic called Spoonful, which is, um, that was in Lou Pines. Oh yeah, it's quite appropriate, yeah. Mm. Uh, a guy called M. Ward, um, his song Howling For My Baby uh, was played in Malotz. He's a singer-songwriter and he's in a band, which I was meaning to check out because they're supposed to be quite good, called uh, Him and Her. Mm. And that's with the actress Zoe Deschanel. Deschanel, yeah. Yeah, the chick from Elf. Was that in Merlots? We had. Yeah. It was in Merlots. And we had um, Son of Bob, we had Jacob Dylan, um, Ain't No Invisible Man. I think this is a previously unreleased song. I think this was possibly written for the show. I'm not oh. sure. I have to check, but I think it was written for the show. Um, uh, then we finished off with uh, some contemporary blues from a singer called, oh God, uh, <laughs> Gay Adek Balola. Gay Adek Balola. <laughs> that's, that's, a, that's a mouthful. That's a, that is a mouthful. And that was, that was played over the closing credits. Moving on. Next we have... Ow. What the fuck of the week? of the week is Bill and Lorena's head spinning sex <laughs> that is the what the fuck of the wow, century what the fuck of the millennium where do they go from here <laughs> where do they go from here I mean you, you can't get you can't get worse than that surely <laughs> um, and Bill's had the what the fuck of the week each episode this season for us hasn't he he's winning yeah he's winning <laughs> he's winning did, did you think for a, for a moment that he was actually going to try and keep keep twisting her neck and, and rip her head off <laughs> I think I think that would be impossible because uh, Lorraine is like ten times stronger than him and she was I think she was into it as well I think she was digging the head spinning so I wonder if maybe that's been an ongoing part of their relationship because obviously they've been they were together for 80 years so so a little bit of sort of sadist masochism yeah maybe it's a regular thing him setting her on fire and hitting her over the head and but, breaking her neck isn't she like his mother yeah. In a kind of weird way. Yeah, it's just weird on all sorts of levels. That is, that is so weird. Okay, time for Lion of the Week. Lion of the Week! 
43 years, and what have I got to show for it? Gaps in my brain and polyps in my ass. I don't need this horse shit! <laughs> oh, wow. What a line. What a line from Sheriff Bud Dearborn. Oh, I feel, I feel sorry for, for Bud. I think he's cracking up. I think he's... He's an old-timer and he doesn't have to deal with this. He's right. Fucking headless bodies and maidads and people turning into zombies. What's going on in Bontomp? Do, do you think the, the, cop, the cops in, in Bontomp are kind of like the cops in Twin Peaks a bit? <laughs> There's sort yeah, of, there's weirdness going on. And they, they they don't know how to deal with this crazy shit that's going down in their town. And, and they're kind of there's kind of weirdness about them as well, isn't and they're, there? Yeah, they're eccentric characters anyway, without having headless people thrown into the equation. Okay, time for our next regu- regular feature: news. <laughs> viewing figures for episode 3 it got a 4.5 million for the first airing at 9pm on HBO and then a further 1.2 million for the 11pm repeat That's so healthy viewing figures healthy and uh, a lot higher than the some of the other programs on HBO I think uh, something like Entourage only gets like 1.8 million so mm. uh, yeah True Blood is the big success story and uh, there's no episode next week <gasps> Um, because of you guys in America celebrating the 4th of July. So you're going to have to wait until July the 11th. So obviously there's going to be no podcast from us next week either. No. Sorry, fans. Sorry, fans. Uh, last week in America there was the, an award ceremony called the Saturn Awards, which I think uh, mainly concentrates on science fiction, I think. And uh, despite being nominated for five awards, uh, True Bug failed to take home any of them. Oh, Anna Tall from Fringe beat Anna Paquin to Best Actress. No. Why? What? Anna Tall is shit. No. <laughs> She's awful. She's worse than Kate from Lost. Um, Josh Holloway uh, from Lost, he beat Stephen Moyer to Best Actor. <gasps> Josh Holloway's not even the best actor on Lost. <laughs> Josh Holloway, good actor, but... The... Terry O'Quinn or Michael Emerson. Surely, surely. yes. Surely. surely. Um, Leonard Nimoy, he beat Michelle Forbes to best guest appearance. Oh, yeah, he was on Fringe. He, he was, was on Fringe. We we missed that one. I we didn't, missed the end of Fringe, <laughs> didn't, didn't we? Leave. Yeah, no, I'd like to see that. I'd like to check that out. He's he's probably wor- he's probably worthy, isn't he, of beating Michelle Forbes as good as she was. Leonard Nimoy's a legend. Legend. And uh, and Breaking Bad won best cable series. Okay, production on on season three has now finished. They've wrapped up production, and some of the cast are now shooting other projects. So expect to see Alex, uh, Alexander Skarsgård in an all-rig-based thriller. And, and Stephen Moyer in a western <gasps> very soon. I believe that the western that he's shooting is a remake of a show called Big Valley. I don't remember that. I don't know. Before that, our time. That must be time. a few years old. Um, there's, a, there's a new website from HBO which features a video blog by Jessica. And it's really worth checking out because it's... Cause it's Really funny. It is really funny. It is really funny. It's just Jess- Jessica giving her advice on, on being a new vampire. We're going to put the link to that up on our site. So enjoy that one, please. Okay, so um, if you want to tune out now, we're going to be talking about some spoilers. Spoilers! Okay, so here's uh, the spoilers for episode 4, July the 11th. Suki joins Alcide at a raucous engagement party for his former fiancée, Debbie Pelt. Eric is given a deadline to locate Bill. Andy gets a promotion and draws Jason's attention. Franklin takes Tara on a road trip. 
Arlene is irked by Jessica's arrival at Malotte's. <gasps> As we predicted. Yes. Sam brokers a deal with Tommy and his parents. And Bill procures dinner for Russell and Lorena. Dinner. Dinner. <laughs> what does that mean in that context? Mm, dinner. <laughs> uh, Debbie Pell, I'm looking forward to seeing her next week. She's going to be awesome, I hope. Is she quite a, she's quite a major character in the books then? She is, yeah. No, she has, she's got a big role to play. That's going to be oh, very I'm looking forward to that. Yeah. I'm excited. Can't wait. I'm excited. So, have so we, we've got some links. Have we got some links to... Have we done the links, haven't we? Yeah, we've put a link to Jessica's video log and a, a, a still of Bill's family from season one. I found a screen cap of that. So if you want to check out um, the photograph that Bill received uh, when he did the, the big speech uh, for the Descendants of the Glorious Dead meeting in season one, that's quite interesting to look at oh, in, light, yeah. in light of what happened in this last episode. And uh, thank you for listening. Yeah, thank you. And spread the word and join us again. See you soon. Good night. Good night.